Yes, 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 y'all. Welcome back to another episode of the Premium P Show. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to shout out to everybody who tweeted, who Instagram, who emailed, who listened to, who watched on YouTube. That's right. We're on YouTube. Premium P Show. Check us out. The legendary Ice Tea episode. Man, let me tell you something, okay? We went to his house, and I really appreciate Ice for inviting me into his home, his daughter, Coco. You know, and, 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 and just his illustrious art, his illustrious car collection, man. Like, Ice is, is a living legend, man. I mean, you know, and for him to talk that long with me and about his career and his history and everything from rapping to acting to, you know, life and parenting and growing up and being an orphan and, and, you know, making it to where he is today, man. Not only is he a living icon, he's a fucking inspiration, man. Internet, if you did not check out that episode... Put it on your to-do list. Tell a friend to tell a friend about Ice Tea on the Premium Peach Show, man. That was legendary. One for the books, one for the library of what we're creating. Because honestly, that's what the Premium Peach Show is. It's a library, okay? And when you want to go and search and, and grab an episode out to listen to, it's like a book. That's what it is. Could be an actor, could be an athlete, could be an entrepreneur, could be somebody you never even heard of. And that's another thing I really enjoy about the audience. And shout to you, yes, you, for having an open mind to let me be able to put you on to people you may never heard of and then, and, and then gain some gems or get inspired. Listen, Internets, okay? You know what time it is. I tell this to people all the time. It's time to check the fuck in. Open up your Twitter app. Open up your Instagram app. And at Premium P, at Premium P Show, let me know where you're listening from, Okay? If you're listening from Idaho, if you're listening from Detroit, if you're listening from Melbourne, Russia, Hong Kong, wherever, okay, at Premium P, at Premium P Show. But like, yo, Premium P, I'm listening from from St. Louis, okay? Where the good pizza at? I don't know. Probably not in St. Louis. But when you come to New York, you let me know, and I'll take you, okay? Internet, I say this all the time, and I keep on saying it every episode. Email me, Okay. The Premium Show at gmail.com. A lot of people ask me about podcasts. I try to get back to every email. I want to make that a business, uh, you know, my business to get back to more and more people. If, if, you know, if you're a fellow parent and you have an issue, if you're somebody who's just, you know, breaking into the podcast game, you know, you want to know about producing or networks or advertisers or whatever. Sometimes I know this shit ain't easy for people, but be smooth about it. I always say this, be smooth. Don't email me and tell me, let me know how to fucking make money. You know, I don't know what the fuck, man. Say hello. Email me, bud. Okay? I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. Email me at thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Again, thepremiumpeachshow at gmail.com. Let me tell you, another thing I want to say is it's, it's, it's really, really special when, you know, I'm able to express myself. Sometimes I do it on Twitter. Sometimes I do it on Instagram. And last week, I want to put you on to something that I wrote uh, find your loves, your talents, your passions, and embrace them. Again, I'm going to say it. Find your loves, your talents, your passions, and embrace them. Okay, Internet, let me tell you something, man. You know, um, it's not easy to, uh, you know, find your loves. It's not easy to find your talents sometimes. You could be talented, but, but maybe there's not your use for it. And your passions, whatever that is, embrace them. And I always say this. Don't be a, if you have a regular day job, don't, don't think that's like a failure. Use your day job to fuel your dream job. I say it all the time. I'm going to say it again. Use your day job to fuel your dream job. Okay? 
Don't be a fucky bird. Take patience. Take time. Put in the work. As long as you put in the work to find that, you know, to do what you love as a passion and as a living, you got to put the work in. That's just how it is. Internets, listen, okay? This week's episode is a return guest, the legendary, okay? And I say that because she has worked her fucking ass off, okay? The co-host of the nationally syndicated Breakfast Club radio morning show, her own podcast, Lip Service. She got her own day now, Angela Yee Day, okay? And we, and we really just chopped it up on her return back. We chopped it up what it's like to get your own day. Her parents growing up, being in a relationship, okay? But more importantly, giving jewels and gems to people who want to work hard and get involved and not being disturbed by haters. Because no matter what you do, people will hate on you. Even if you do good shit, somebody will hate on you. Internet's focus on what you're doing. Stay focused. Don't let somebody knock you off track, okay? They may not even have your best interest in mind. Fuck you worried about them for. If you could go to sleep and, 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 and not lose one ounce of sleep over somebody, what the fuck would you let, worry about it or get upset about it? Okay, I don't mean to be cursing over here like a crazy... I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to tell you, okay? But ain't, ain't, ain't really need to say no more... Tell a friend to tell a friend if I ever did anything for you. If you ever listen to an episode, you're like, yo, Premium Pete, man, yo, I appreciate it. You helped me. And I've seen it. I've seen the emails, the tweets over the years, and I, I, I'm blessed and I appreciate it. But tell a friend to tell a friend, okay? Tell a friend to tell a friend. Internets, say no more. Let's get into this episode, the return of Angela Yee on this week's episode of the Premium Pete Show. Cheer. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Fat Man Scoop, the undisputed voice of the club, the two-time Grammy Award winner. Let me make this official for you. Fat Man Scoop, Cork McClam, Internets. It's time to go with my dude, Premium Pete. Let's get focused. Let's go, Internets. Let's turn up one time, Premium Pete. Come on, everybody get set. Let's go. It's the next episode. It's the Premium Pete Show. News, interviews, all of the info. Listen up. It's the Premium Pete Show. If you want the scoop in the low, down low, listen to the show cause Milk said so Fuck what you heard Better act like you know It's the Premium Pete Show Internet, welcome back to another episode of the Premium Pete Show Sitting here with a friend, a return guest Okay, we gotta go We gotta go over uh, someone who has her own day Okay <laughs> uh, We'll call you uh, a journalist uh, On-air personality When is the author? Any author uh, coming soon? Yeah, you know, they've been trying to get me to write a book, so mm, mm. and that's what I went to school for writing. Mm, mm. Actually, return guest. Okay, that's what that, that's what the main thing. Return guest. My friend Angela is in the building. Angela, huh? listen, right off the bat, you're over here before we're starting. You're sending money all over the place. <laughs> You're paying it forward. You're using the Cash App. Yes. Okay? I, I love the Cash App. Yes, I love Cash App, too. It's so easy. The only problem with it is that people keep on requesting money from me, and that's not happening. Wait, wait, wait but why? They know you're, they, they know you're Cash App? I don't now? even know these people. Mm. And, and are they look saying? Look at this. I'm yeah. going to show you, just so you can see. Look at the people's request. I don't know these people. This person wants $2,500 for a car repossession. What? Somebody said $10, please, for... What does it say? For help a hungry mom and kid. This one says $500 for a blessing. Mm. 
This one says $100 for a hurricane. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know, y'all. And let me tell you something. And then in my DMs, people ask me for money. And I feel like this. If you underst- don't even understand, I get like literally maybe about 25, 30 people a day who I don't know requesting money. Mm. You know, you, you mentioned DMs. And uh, as much love as you get, I'm sure you get hate also. Of course. No you, love without hate. Now, you know, it's funny. I always talk about this. People will look at 100 good comments and only focus on one bad comment. Do you, you know, I'm sure you learn how to like shake the, you know, the hate off. Yes. But how do you deal with it for people who go through it, even women particularly? Well, I mute people. Mm -hmm. I block people. And I say this. I don't really look at the only comments I look at are on my social media pages because I do a lot of things with different companies. So I want to make sure I keep that clean. But when it comes to, like, comments on other pages, like YouTube, I don't monitor those at all. So you can say whatever. I don't even look at them. Because I feel like a lot of reasons why people are suffering today is because they care so much about these negative comments. And I don't ever want to get in that rabbit hole of caring so much about what people say. So I just feel like I'm going to be successful. I'm going to keep doing my thing. So it doesn't really matter. Like, somebody doesn't like me. Is that going to make me stop working or make me do anything differently? It's not. So what's the point? You know, it's funny because it's like as much love as you get. And this is anybody. You'll also get hate. Of course. You know, but also in radio, you know, it's funny because I say this. I say I say I say that, you know, that, you know, when it's all said and done, I think that people will call you uh, a legend, even though that name, is, you know, that title is kind of tough for people to take. But if you've been able to conquer things in your journey, you know, it, it automatically has to be put up upon you. It's almost like an OG. Right. You don't just call yourself an OG. It has it comes from being seasoned. You know what I mean? Right. And, and being around and, and being somebody that's knowledgeable and, 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 you know, has broke barriers. But the reason why I say that for is because, you know, everyone in radio wants your job. Like when you think about it, like people outside are probably like, I would love that job. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, with everyone gunning for your job and, and I'm not saying, you know, that people are gunning for your job, but, you know, People who feel like maybe they could do better. Yeah, you know, of course they do. How, how do you how do you stay sane from that? You know? Well, I did this whole TED Talk, right, about yeah. reasons why people hate on you who don't even know you. That was like the whole premise of it. But there are reasons that people hate other people who they've never met. And a lot of that is really a reflection of how they feel about themselves, sure. right? So reasons why people might not like you is like, why does she have this and I don't? That's really what it is. It's not even just... Man, I just don't like her. It's usually related to an inadequacy you feel within yourself. Like, she doesn't deserve that. I deserve it. That's one reason why. And people hate things that I think that they repress for themselves. Like, you see politicians or people in the church all the time hate homosexuals. And then you find out later on that they are homosexual. You know what I mean? So there's all different reasons why people hate people. But I do think that sometimes people hate on you because maybe they're just sitting at home, not living, quote unquote, their best life. And so they hate to see you like, man, she's out here flourishing and profiting. Instead of saying, you know what, let me hit her up. Because there's people that work in radio that like I've seen write like negative things about me that I've never met. But I know they work in my field. And I kind of feel like, why would you do that when I try to help people as much as I can? So now you just close the door for yourself. Mm. Makes sense. You know, last time we had you on, we spoke about your journey. And, you know, it's a special, a long one. uh, One that definitely is like, to me, like a flower that blossomed. But more importantly, so much has changed. But one thing we spoke about the last time you were here was about women and, you know, women in the workforce, women mm-hmm. in women in hip hop, women in radio, you know, and, and speaking about the, you know, do you still feel it's hard to be a woman in, in, in media? 
Yeah, I was just talking about this to, earlier today. Mm-hmm. No matter what, like, things might have gotten better, but the truth is that it still is difficult for women. Like, it still is a situation where, you know, I could post a picture with the artist and people would be like, oh, yeah, she fucked, she smashed. Charlamagne and Envy could post that picture and it's just cool. You know, it, people are coming, oh, you need a stylist, you need this, you need that, you're fat, you're... It's like, dude, why do you care I'm on the radio? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not a model. I'm not a fashion person. I'm not trying to smash anybody. I'm minding my business. I have a boyfriend. I'm in a relationship for, like, the past few years. I'm not even thinking about that. But just how people will speak about you because you're a woman, you're a hoe, you're a thought, anything. Like, it's just crazy to me. And I find they don't do that to men. But they definitely will do that to a woman. Or they'll be like, oh, you need to get ass shots. You need this. Why do you care? Mm. Like, I'm not fucking you. Yeah. <laughs> so you should not care at all what I look like. I don't care what you look like. Jay-Z said it the best. You know, what I eat don't make you shit. You know right. what I mean? Right. Like, why do you care? You know, you. it's funny because you people just want to find uh, info or gossip. You know, they try. And again, this is something we spoke about the last time. And mm-hmm. as we just surf back over, <laughs> even with, uh, uh, um, what's his name? Um, God, am I losing my mind? When they try to make the, the, this dude... Uh, God, man, well, Gucci, man. Mm-hmm. When they try to say, like, he tried to say something, or even people, but you know what, even lip service, your mm-hmm. podcast, right, which focuses on a lot of sexual stuff, too. Yeah. How have you been able, and I mean this, and I think I said this before, you you, you could talk about sex, but you, you're not out there like that. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, you're not, you could, like, you. I feel like you've been professionally, you know, um, you, you've learned how to professionally talk about things that people don't like to talk about. Well, when I first started Lip Service, it was supposed to be an empowering show for women. The reason why I started it was a couple of different things. When I was at Sirius, I found that a lot of these women that were like in music videos that guys were lusting over, nobody even knew what their voices sounded like. Mm. And nobody knew anything about them as a person. So I did that because I wanted to give these women a voice, not just... A person that you see in a music video or you see pictures of and you're like, oh, my God, I love her. I wanted it to be like, let's see what this woman's personality is like. Let's give her a platform to speak and tell her own story. And the other reason I did it was because there's just women, everyday women, and we just want to talk about different things that we're interested in, but maybe don't have an outlet for that. And it's so taboo. Oh, we're not supposed to be talking about sex. We're not supposed to talk. But then where do you learn how to do certain things? Sure. Maybe you want to learn how to give a great blowjob. Well, where can I go to find that out? Maybe you want to learn how to participate in S&M. Well, where can I go? to? Let's talk to people who have actually done these things. And if it's something that you want to experiment in, at least now you have information from people who have done it. Other points of view, like sometimes I think we're hard on ourselves. And we think that we do things as women and we, we even look at ourselves and be like, oh, my God, I'm such a hoe. I did this. But then you can hear other women say, well, I've dated more than one guy at a time. Or, you know, I went through a period where I was sure. doing whatever. And we shouldn't feel bad about that. So it was just important to me for us to own who it is, what we are. We are sexual beings. Sure, no, no, it's important. It's important to do that. You know, you think about it. Recently, you just had your own day. Okay. And is <laughs> August it, 28th, and, baby. Angela Yee Day in New York. Uh, okay, here's the question. <laughs> How the fuck does this happen? Um, That's a great question. I didn't even know that was going to happen when I went there. <laughs> but, um, okay, let's see. Explain for people who may be listening who don't even know that you got your own day. I got my own day. It's August 28th. And so every single year, right, the mayor and his wife do a celebration. And it's for the uh, West Indian Day Parade. And so before the West Indian Day Parade, they have this gathering at the mayor's house at Gracie Mansion. And 
it's just a celebration of like Caribbean heritage. My mom is from Montserrat in the mm-hmm. West Indies. Charles Montserrat. So they wanted to honor me this year, and I was super excited about it. I was like, this is amazing. I'm getting honored. You know, they've honored some great people in the past, and I get to go to Gracie Mansion. I've never been there. So I get there. I just think they're going to give me like an award or some type of something. And then I see the thing, the proclamation that I'm getting in my own day. And I didn't know until I got there. And I saw them holding it. And I was like, can I see that for a second? Because I thought I saw, you know, this day, August 28th. And I was like, wait a minute. So I was really excited to get my own day. Now, did it hit you or you like the next day or at night when you got home? Did it really- I think that day was exciting because it was over 2,000 people there. So just the fact that like that many people would care to be there and then I took a lot of pictures with different people but I have been trying to get more educated on a lot of different things but in doing that for myself I've been trying to like pass that knowledge on too you know like I was telling you earlier I never had life insurance I just got life insurance but that was from me watching things that were happening around me and then I had the State Farm podcast Colorful Lives And we had a State Farm um, agent, Victoria, who came in and talked to us about why you need life insurance. And it's not necessarily like when you die, this is, this is money for your kids. You can actually use that money and cash out your life insurance later on and use it for something. Sure. And so I didn't know that. There's all these different types of life insurance. So I was like, you know what? I don't ever want to be a burden on anyone if anything should happen. Like imagine something happens to you, you know, and it's untimely. I would love for like my parents, my brother, my family members to at least... You know, aside from all of that, here's some money for all of you guys. So at least that's something. Sure, leave, leave something. But more importantly, have them not have to take care of you. Right. You know how many people I know, and it's sad for me to say this, that were big shots, like mm-hmm. in the street and this and that, and people have to pay for their funeral. Right, right. They don't even have money to pay for their funeral, but they have Rolexes on their hand. They had chains on them, best dress, best sneakers. But, they, but, but you know, come around, somebody got to put up fifteen, twenty thousand for their funeral. Right. So I try to like learn stuff all the time and just just make important life decisions. That's even about investing, about starting companies. And because I've done those things, I want to encourage other people to do them. Mm. You know, just opening like the juice bar. And now I'm about to do this uh, press juice business called drinkfreshjuice.com. That's the plug. It launches in November. But something like that for me, like people ask me advice about starting. Who's that with? Um, so I'm doing that with my friend Quasey and his wife, Kim. Me and Quasey actually went to school together from when we were young. He's in Bro- he's from Brooklyn also. And him and his wife, Kim, they had their own business in the Cayman Islands doing fresh pressed juices. And they, they've been doing that for like over 10 years and doing it in Brooklyn also. So I, I came to him like, I really want to start a subscription-based pressed juice business. People all the time hit me up about, oh, can you open a juice bar in our city? We don't have anything like that here. So I was like, you know what? I can't open juice bars in all these cities, but what I can do is do this press juice business. The press juices will be good for three weeks. People can order them. They they can subscribe. And it makes you feel so much better, like, just being healthier sure, and, sure. and learning things about your body, like, in the morning. You know, I have a juice every morning. And so that's what really helps me. I never really get sick. You know, I don't miss work. I never call out sick. I'm up all the time. I barely sleep, but... I can do it just because of what I put in my body. Let me just get the internet's understanding of your hustle. And that's one thing I've always uh, admired and appreciated over the years. One is uh, you were up, what time this morning? Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Okay. You were at the breakfast club for how long? Um, I was there till about 
maybe 1230. Okay, 1230. And, uh, you know, you probably, you know, grabbed something to eat, moved around or whatever the city. You also did your own podcast, The Lip Service. And I just did something with um, Black Enterprise before that. Okay. And then now we're sitting here in the studio. Like, so what I'm saying is like, how do you honestly, because some people, you know, you know, it's funny, there's a lot of people who give up because they're tired. Right. You know, and, and I don't mean give up. I mean, like, so I always say this, your day job fuels your dream job, right? Mm-hmm. Because some people don't, are not doing what they love. But at the same time, when they come home, they don't have the, the, um, the, the uh, like energy to do their side hustle, whether that be they're trying to start. And people say that all the yeah. time. They're like, I'm just exhausted. I don't have time. But if you care about something, you'll make time for it. Sure. It's a priority for you. And I find that even for myself, uh, I have to balance my life somewhat because I do work all the time. And I don't want to also get myself to the point where I'm like having a breakdown because I'm exhausted. So I always give myself things to look forward to. Like, I'll be like, okay, I worked for 12 days straight. So that means on day number 13, I'm going to set myself up for a spa day. Sure. And I'll go to the spa for two hours and take that time for myself. Or maybe that means three months from now I have a vacation that I start planning now because I start looking forward to that now. So maybe in December I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to Montserrat and go visit. So at least now while I'm doing all this work, I have something that I'm like, all right, I'm doing all this now, but in three weeks I'm going to be laying on the beach. You know, that's a great point. You know, I want to go back one second for, uh, you know, somebody like Amber Rose, right, with her slut walk. Mm-hmm. You know, I know she was trying to bring light to the double standard. Right. Do you believe in, do you believe in the, the message? Of, uh, well, just to be clear, though, the slut walk isn't something that she invented. Yeah. So it was something that already existed. So I think she got a lot of attention for it here because she attached her name to it. So... I do believe that, yes, there's absolutely a double standard. I even just look at things that are happening. Like, she put up a post about Bill Cosby, right? And everybody's upset about it. And I don't wish death on anyone. So I can agree with that. Like, people are mad at her. I don't know if you saw it. No, I didn't see that. Oh, hold on. I'm going to read it for you. Okay, sure. Because I want to make sure. Okay, I'm read that out. And I would love to see what you think as well. But when you say you don't wish death on anybody, what happens about a guy who killed like five, ten children? I still don't wish death on anyone. Really? No, I don't. I would. I would never do that. I do hope that you go to jail for the rest of your life, but I don't wish death. Like a dent pen. You know, and if you, you happen know. to die, but I'm not the person saying I hope that person dies. You know what I mean? I just don't have that type of spirit. Like I know we talk all the time about forgiveness and. All of that, I think when you wish bad things on other people and when you hate other people, it's more harmful to yourself. Even if they're bad? Even if they're bad, because I believe that if you're a bad person, bad things will happen to you. Mm. So, I and I do. So that's why I never, ever wish that to happen. I just know it will. <laughs> mm. All right, so I'm going to tell you what it is. Okay, so she posted Bill Cosby and she said, Man, fuck the fact that he's old and fuck the fact that he was on TV. He is a sexual predator, just like Trump and Harvey. I hope they get their day as well. So y'all are going to sit here and tell me that all of these women are lying. F-O-H, if Bill Cosby raped and drugged any of you women, men that I've been seeing on the Internet standing up for this rapist or your mamas, you would be scared to say something, too, because you would assume that no one would believe you. Shit, I would actually be scared to say something because in his entire life he has been put in such a positive light. That's why he got away with it for so long. We should be praising these women for showing us exactly who he is. I hope he doesn't die in jail. I hope he does the full 10 years and then dies the day that he gets out. Justice is finally served. Shame the rapists, not the survivors. Mm. Now, this whole um, Bill Cosby thing is crazy to me because do you think that he's guilty? Yeah, you know, it's funny because one thing I will say is that uh, 
It's funny when people used to come out of the woodwork, you almost mm-hmm. thought that maybe they wanted money. I'm I'm sure you, you felt that over the years when you see people come out of the woodwork. I like, meaning like like after all these years, like is it's kind of what seems fishy, but. With that many people, I do believe that uh, somebody's telling the truth. What I think this show people is, A, first of all, these allegations aren't new, right? Mm. They were people that accused him of things like decades ago, and the police didn't press charges. They One woman went and did a police report. The police didn't press charges. Even with Andrea Constant, back in 2005, that's when they had the deposition. That's where the information came out, where he admitted to buying quaaludes to give to women that he wanted to have sex with. He said that. You know, so people are acting like this is new. These are things that have been going on for quite some time. These are not like new allegations, new people accusing him. Even like Janice Dickinson in her book, she wrote about Bill Cosby and how he, you know, attacked her. And she wrote about it in her book and they made her take it out of her book. And this was a long time ago. So Beverly Johnson, you know, she did her story after all this came out. She didn't say that he raped her, but she did say that he drugged her and she managed to get away. And so I think that... um The fact that people are like, he was trying to buy NBC or truthfully, the reason why I didn't ever doubt it is because my mom knew somebody Mm. that never came forward with anything. She was a lawyer and she was like, you know, uh, we used to call Bill. And this is when I was really young before, like I knew anything that was going on. She was like, we used to call him uh, Mr. Dope and Grope because he would drug women and then, you know, assault them. I don't even think she said assault. But anyway, she told me this story about somebody that she knew, and it was never a public story. And so I've always had it in my head that he does things like this. So that's why when all this started happening, a lot of people doubted it. But in my head, it was always like, oh, there's something, you know, going on here. Because it's something I heard about from when I was young. Sure, sure. You know, I think one thing that's hard for certain people, particularly even me, it's like, like Bill Cosby was a perfect TV dad. Right. And, you know, back in the day... Yeah, you know, I know. Right. <laughs> I know. But at the same time, so so was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, right. I learned a lot of parenting from, like, that, from, uh, you know, Uncle Phil. You know what I mean? And even, like, for me, just being, like, a, 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 a you know, separated dad to a daughter. Like, mm-hmm. even, like, Who's the Boss was big for me back right. in the day. I mean, I don't watch TV anymore, but these things growing up, you know, like, I learned a lot about parenting. And I was like, oh, shit, that'd be cool if I used that type of parenting technique and when I was older. And you still can. But it's like, but no, no, you're right. But but I'm saying it's like, I think some people are like, damn, this is not the guy that, you know. But again, it's TV. And then, you know, what I think is interesting is that people also are like, oh, all these decades. Well, yeah. Like, imagine, you see how these women are being vilified now for things that happened before that they've finally been like, I'm going to come forward and tell my story. Imagine they said that back then when he was a powerful man that he was. What happened to them? There were a lot of people who said that their careers were never able to flourish because of that. They were scared. Like, these are women, some of them in the beginnings of their career trying to get on. And same thing happened with Harvey Weinstein. You know, a lot of those women were like, I can't say anything about it. It's Harvey Weinstein. My career will be over. So is he next? I mean, he already has um, been charged. Or he has uh, in New York. Remember, mm. he had to turn himself in. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So hopefully... You know, hopefully. But I do think for women, a lot of times in business, we feel like something happens to us. We have to be quiet about it because we don't want to lose our potential career path. Mm. 
and people or get can, blocked. Yeah, and people will block that from happening. So that's a lot of what it is. And then you also are, are feeling like even you look at what's happening with Kavanaugh. She's like, I didn't want to come out because I knew people would just crucify me. True. And it's hard. Like you don't want to. I think nobody wants to ever have to come forward and say this powerful person did this to me because so many people aren't going to believe you. People are going to question your own past and you're really putting yourself out there in a way that's not, you know, perceived as like, I just did something positive. It's more like people aren't going to believe you. And you can see that now. Like people are still not believing sure, that, that, that he did something. These women. So. Which, which is crazy. You know, you know, besides, uh, you know, interviewing people on, on, on morning radio and doing a bunch of other projects with morning radio, you're also reporting news. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think the best place is for news? Because I don't even watch TV anymore, so the only thing I see is, like, social media. <laughs> Twitter. No. <laughs> do you think Twitter is a good source of news? I think you have to get news from several places because you can't go to just one place. So every morning when I do the news, like, I definitely watch the news in the morning. I'll listen to, like, 1010 Wins in the car on the way to On AM radio. Yeah, on AM radio. Um, I definitely look at the New York Post. I look at the Daily News. I look at um, Huffington Post. I look at the Root. I look at all of those different... Um, like, there's so many places I look for my news. And when I'm at home, like, I watch CNN while I'm at home. I have it on in the background just to see what's going on. I like to hear what people's points of views are on things and, you know, get those stories presented to me. But then locally, I like to know what's going on in New York. Mm. So I do all of that. You know, the the Breakfast Club is, what, eight, eight years going on? Yeah, eight years. Fuck. Yo, what's the longest morning show? Not only in hip hop, but what's it's got to be Elvis Duran, right? Oh my God, yeah, Elvis Duran's been on forever, and he's um, still going strong. Fuck, man, you know. I remember Elvis Duran from when I was a yeah, little yeah, kid. Yeah, right? Z Morning Zoo. Z Morning Zoo. <laughs> that was classic. <laughs> I remember. Oh my God, yeah, it's quite. But but eight years uh, going on eight years, especially in New York. I mean, I don't remember. Um, uh, it's not it usually turns around quick. Yeah. You know, think about it. Some people go two years, three years, it doesn't work out. Four years. I mean, look at, you, you, even if you think of Hot 97, Power 105, they've been through so many different morning shows. Mm-hmm. You know, what What would you say is, is what you think that is just the credit to your success? You know, when I first started and I left Sirius, they told me it wasn't never going to work out. They were like, oh, you're going to go and you're not going to get to talk and then the show is going to be over so soon and, you know, you should stay here at Sirius. And I was like, I'm going to take that chance. And I think part of it is, the people that it's always a like it's always something that you have to figure out your own personal i guess um how we gel in a rhythm and so you have to be afforded that time to be able to figure that out sometimes even 2 years isn't enough for that you know people have to know that you're there they have to tune in you have to be allowed to grow you have to figure out how to develop as a morning show and that takes time and so i think for us part of what's made us successful is that you know we all have different strengths and so, like, Charlemagne it has his strengths, Envy has his, and I have mine. And so it's not like all three of us are vying for that same type of position because we're all very different in our approach to things. So I think that helps. Um, I think it's a lot of putting your ego to the side in situations. Sure. And, you know, knowing when to be quiet is just as important as knowing when to talk. Sure. So sometimes you have to just play the backseat. That's a gem right there. Yeah, sometimes you have to play the backseat. Sometimes you got to play the driver. But people have to allow that to happen too and just, you know, chill out and, and step up when it's necessary and step down when it's necessary. So that's been important. Coming up on eight years, uh, how well do you feel you gel with uh, Envy and Charlemagne? Do you feel like it's just brothers and sisters, like it's that easy? 
Yeah, I mean, we pretty much, like, I can predict everything they're, they're going to sure. do. It's I like know, double Dutch. Yeah, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know what they're going to say. You know, obviously, sometimes there's curveballs. But in general, like, I know what their approach is to things. So I just, um, you know, it is a comfortable situation. Like, I know what it is. Of course, sometimes we bump heads because some of the topics that we talk about, we all are passionate about different things. I think for me, being the only woman in the room, the two of them could never understand certain things that I understand or even, like, you know, I think they, they definitely have a very male view on a lot of sure. things and don't get, like, you, you might have that also, Pete. I don't know. but I'm a pretty open-minded yeah, but it's just also hard sometimes, like even certain things that we have to talk about, like the Me Too movement. Yeah. They'll never un- look at it the same way. I and what you're you saying. probably can't either, because as a woman, there's certain things that we're fearful of that, like, a lot of guys will be like, oh, these women waited this long to come forward. Why didn't they? Like, they don't know how hard that is. Could be scared. I, no, I have a daughter, so it opened right. me up to learn more. But you're right. Maybe I'll never understand. Yeah. But it's like the same thing. I will say this, though. You know, there is a double standard. And I, and I could see that for myself because I could go out and sleep with three women and I'll be praised. And a girl does uh, two guys and she's a slut. Right. So, so to, you know, that that's not, that to me, that's not fair. You feel like you know? that's changing? Uh, yeah. A little bit, but not a lot. You know, not a lot. People judge, you know, I see that just even from having a daughter. Like, sometimes, like, you know, I took my daughter to Mexico mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, fucking guys are looking at it. I'm like, yo, my man, you That's good? disgusting. I'm like, you good? Like- like, but here's the thing. I don't mind if my daughter is, in a, you know, it's funny. I feel like maybe every guy says this, but my daughter's beautiful. She is. And, and, she is beautiful. No, it's, and, and it's funny. I don't mind you looking at her. But don't look at her like she's a piece of meat. Right. Like, like what a pretty young lady. Yeah, yeah. Guys looking at her like, yo, you know, like construction. You ever see how construction fucking guys do that? You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yes. Like, like they look at her like, like, I don't know, man. So I guess the point I'm making is like, you know, it's like. And there has to be a fear of yours. Like when you see things happening and you think, I have a daughter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and that probably makes you even treat women differently. Like I was looking at what Kanye had to say about Nick Cannon. And um, and Drake, right, yes. about Kim Kardashian and respect her. That's his wife and da-da-da-da-da. But, like, shouldn't you just respect every woman? Sure. Just because every woman is somebody's, you know, daughter, mother, sister, friend. So why not just respect everybody? You not know, just because it's someone's wife, but respect a woman because she's a woman. You know, one thing I'm scared about, and I, I, I preach to my daughter all the time, is don't treat people who treat you good like shit. Right. And I feel like that's become trendy in, 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 in this day and time. Listen, people are opportunists too. Like, so many people in this world will only fuck with you because of what you can do for them mm-hmm. at that time. And then as soon as you're not necessary anymore, they don't care about you anymore. And that's, I think, we take it for granted. Like, oh, well, that's just the nature of the business. When you're on top, people fuck with you. When you're not, they don't. But that's not how we should be. True. You know? And I get it. Like, I get it because I'm super busy and there's people that I wish I could do more for and do more with and hang out with more. I just don't have time. But I never treat people shitty. True. But just acknowledging that and mm-hmm. knowing that you put that in your stratosphere. Right can, you know, make you do a little bit more. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. the, the fact that you're thinking about that can help you be a better person. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like to other people. But, you know, it's funny with your point. 
I had to tell you this quick story, but you know, yes, my did my daughter did change my mind. Am I a guy? So that means I'm still a dog, right? <laughs> but I'm not. I'm, I'm not that dog that I was when I was a younger kid. Yeah, like an older dog. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm yeah, I'm more tamed. <laughs> I'm more tamed. You know. But the reason why I say that for I'll never forget this one girl. Uh, when my daughter was about five years old, because when she was still young, I don't think I got it. But when she was about five years old, she was able to say, "Daddy, where? Well, you know, where did you go? You know, you know, I want you to be here." And I was like, "Oh my God!" She almost made my heart like. And I never forget this one girl I was messing with, and she and I didn't have any plans for her. And she was like, she she was like, "Come over, you know, I want you come, you know, I just got out of the shower, come, you know, come and come and get this." And I was like, "I'm clean." And no, and you know what's so funny? <laughs> I, I hit her back, and I was like, "Look, I'm not gonna come." And she's like, "What do you mean?" I'm like. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to, let's move on. And she goes, why, Mike? Because I don't have, you're looking for something more than I could give you. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hurt you. And she was like, what? She was like, and then she it actually wanted, she wanted me even more after that. Oh but, my God. but I left her alone. And the reason why I did that for her, and not saying that a guy will, will treat my daughter like that, but I just felt that, you know, and I can't control what someone's going to do. But I want, I, with having a daughter, I just wanted to make sure, I was like, damn, if that was my daughter. Right. I won't want somebody to do that to her. And why waste your time and hers? I don't want to get like, like if she was just like, "Yo, you want to fuck?" I would be like, "Okay," but she really cared. Right. So why am I playing she showered. games? Shower, you know she cared. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't really care. I don't take a shower. She, she, where's the wet wipes? She had uh, <laughs> what powder was that that she used? That sweet, it, I remember that powder just came out at the time. It was so beautiful that powder. A uh, powder. Yeah, no, it was a powder. I'm trying to think. Like of a Johnson and Johnson baby nah, powder. No, it was like a better one. Man, she smells so good. Uh, damn, I Are can't remember. Are you reminiscing? Remember. Yeah, yeah, I'm reminiscing. But actually, back to <laughs> back to Breakfast Club. How many markets are you in now? Like 90. Okay. For people listening, okay? who Well, a couple things. People listening who don't even know Angela Yee is. Say if there's a couple out there. People who listen who don't even know the radio like that. What the fuck does that mean that you're in 90 markets? Um, so it means we're syndicated in the morning. So we're based in New York, but we're on in different 90 different cities, on 90 different stations in these cities. So we're on in like Miami, Detroit, Houston, Jacksonville. Um, it's like, a, you know, 90 different cities. So that, does, that, does that, obviously that's more money for you guys, but does mm-hmm. that save uh, certain cities money from getting a morning yeah. show? Yeah, it does. I mean, they still have to pay certain things, but they and they still have like an engineer that's going to be there to run the show, and they still have like local things that have to be done to program like the ads and all of that, but absolutely it does. Mm. But you know, radio has been, was losing money before that because they were spending a lot of money on their morning shows, so... I guess this, you know, helps with that issue. So you're going on year eight. I mean, how long do you think this could last? Like, you know? I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, listen, I think for us, like, as long as we want it to last, it will last because we are doing well. So as long as we all are still in it, then it's all good. So, you know, I know people have just re-signed their contracts and everything. So I would guess... Like at least another five years. Yeah, you know it's funny because before you said something that like made me think. You know, like people, I feel like people love, like hate, love, like they they hate but they love the Breakfast Club. Yeah. So so what I mean by that is, and and, and I'm sure you've seen this. Like people make fun of uh, DJ Envy about how he acts as people. So uh, you know you're a. You're, you're a vice president of the United States. Could you tell people at home what that means for that? Don't know. You know what I'm talking about? He yeah, it's al- funny. He, he always asks yeah. his, like, the, the funny questions, and then there'll be people say, Charlemagne is this, Charlemagne is that, he's bleaching his skin. Some people will complain about you. I, I, I've seen over the years, they'll say beautiful things about you. They'll say things like, why is she there? Mm-hmm. But they still listen. Yeah, and that's what's important. I think that, you know, when you're doing well, people always want you to not do well. Mm. 
And then when you're down, people are like, oh, my God, I hope they make it. But, you know, it's just the nature of the business. Like, listen, the fact that people can hate on Oprah, people can hate on Beyonce, people that I look at and I'm like, they're amazing, is like, who do you, you know? There's people that are Satanists, you know, Satan worshipers. There's people, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, no matter what you have in this world, there's going to be people that hate on it. Sure. But Breakfast Club has climbed to be that humongous platform. And that's why people hate it. And there's people that have their own shows that are like, the Breakfast Club is doing terrible. We're not, we're in 90 markets. Like, we're doing very well, you know. And that's a big investment for a company like iHeart to put you on in 90 markets because that's marketing that they've spent. That's, you know, different cities where people are used to you now. So it's not easy to just switch it up after that because it, it will disrupt the whole entire flow and everything that they have going on right now. So the Breakfast Club is not going anywhere anytime soon. You know, when you do a contract, right, you know, Mm because obviously you learned all this stuff on the go over the years, right, you know, or just being in the business, there's always people to help put you on to, people who can help you, and whether that be lawyers or... Now, do you do do your own, like, renegotiations? No. Okay. But the reason why I don't, and I definitely know a lot about contracts, is because I don't... I think it's too personal. Like, you don't want your boss at work coming to you and talking to you about your contract because it makes you mad. You know what I'm saying? Like, so they have someone that you, you could hire to speak to them? Well, your lawyer. Like, okay. And you always want to make sure, you, because there's certain things you might not know. And it's that's not what, you know, I'm not a lawyer. Sure. But I've seen a million contracts over the years. So I know enough to question things and I know what to ask. But they might say, oh, you know what? We should say this or we need to put this in here because then this could get you out of this, you know, which I might not know. So I want to make sure I hire somebody that can do that and also somebody that could be that buffer. Because mm. imagine like you're negotiating your contract with your boss and you have to come in and work, but you're mad because you're asking for this. They're offering you this and they'll play hardball with you. And I also feel like they won't respect it as much if you come in there yourself trying to negotiate for yourself. Mm. You know, and also, a lot of times, agents and lawyers know what other people got Mm. because they they negotiated other contracts. So they might know, well, this person on this morning show got this, and they have this many listeners, and you have more listeners than them, so you need to be asking for this because I know this person got this. So that is all really helpful information. And that's just a lawyer doing that? So that's just Or an agent. And a lot of agents are lawyers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you got to give a a big piece uh, to them? Listen, I'm fine with giving a bit, uh, like, say I'm fine with giving a percentage of my money if that means I got way more than I would have got without you. So if you got me a million dollars and I have to give you $50,000 of that, I'd rather give you $50,000 of a million than I keep all of my Mm $500,000. I like that. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I have a question for you because I always uh, do this and one day when I get to, and I know you're obviously... Uh, getting to a point where you're continuing to do more and more. But um, all, over the years, I, you know, I always, I look at my bank account every day. So I know the exact number. <laughs> I do too. I know the exact So this is my question I to you. I look at mine every day and then I add up my different bank accounts on the calculator like to see how much I've made. <laughs> okay, there you go. So you're sick just like me. Yeah, the reason yeah. why I say that for is because I've, I've sat down with a lot of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. over the years too. Um, and I ask them the question too, big money people. And and some of them don't check. And I always wondered that, do I want to get to a point where I don't check? No. Nope. But I can't. No, you it's know just so I mean? easy yeah. to check. I have the app on my phone, yeah. use my fingerprint, and I can see everything. Yeah. And it's just easy. Like, why wouldn't I? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I guess that I look would at be... Instagram. I look at my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there, there you go. The, 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 that's exactly because I always wonder. I'm sure there's you some look. people who because you know what? A lot of times there'll be charges on there that you're like, "What is this sure, charge doing sure. on here?" You leave a hotel and then they charge you and say the room was supposed to be taken care of, and then you see the charge. This happens to me so much. Like sure. with promoters, you put your card down for incidentals, and then you see, wait a minute, why was my card charged for the room? Hmm. And then like that's happened so many times that you have to take care of it. You know, before you got a lawyer and an agent, you know, I have this problem uh, sometimes where I feel like you don't, when you do a deal with some, a company or a brand, you don't want to blow them out of the water. But mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, you don't want to uh, uh, lowball right. yourself. So for instance, say if you say they want you down to this uh, venue or whatever, and uh, you know, you, you're thinking, should I charge them 15000 but maybe they'll, that's too much. Because you know what the crazy thing is? Mm-hmm. I feel like back in the day, people would tell you like, that's too much. Can you do 12? Today, people They're if you like, give them a sorry, big, I'll get someone else. Yes, if you give them a big number, they don't even respond. You know what I mean? Um, well, I think usually, first of all, I try to ask people, what's your budget? Okay. Because I think it's so important for people to throw out that number to you first when they're trying to make you an offer. So that way you can gauge, like, is this worth my time? Or maybe you would ask for less and then they offer you more. You know, so I think all of those things. um, And then also, what are the expectations? Like, you're right. I don't ever want it to be unfair where I ask you for so much money that you can't even make that back. Sure. You know, because you want to make sure that you give that person a good experience. They want you to come back. They see that um, things went really smoothly and you continue that relationship. So I think it's important to if they won't throw out a number for you, you can also say to them, look, this is normally what I get. So let me know what you can do. Instead of saying this is my number, the thing that scares me with that sometimes is 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 you know you don't want to like sometimes I feel like if you lock in for a low number mm-hmm. that's so hard to increase. Well, you can say if you want me to post it, it's gonna cost extra. Yeah. So for Instagram, I charge this, and yeah. if you want me to post it on Facebook or Twitter, I charge this. Yeah. You know. Well, even I'm just talking about like say if you uh, I don't know say you're a brand ambassador of a brand mm-hmm. and they give you like you know. Say you, you work out a deal like, you know, I don't know, you, you took a low one for like 20000 for three months, just mm-hmm. say, you feel. And then, and you know, you're like, damn, I kind of went low, but whatever. It's not much, uh, you know, heavy lifting. Yeah, once you agree, you agree. And then it's so hard for you to say like, damn, man, I should be getting more. But it's hard for you to go to 30, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, for the next three months because you came in, you know. But I also feel like if you went in it for 20 and mm-hmm. then it's time to renegotiate, you can say, well, I did that price just because it was the beginning of our relationship and you see what I've done for you. Because I also don't like when people agree to do something and then they don't fulfill what they agreed to do. So, like, if you ask me to do something, I want to make sure I fulfill what our agreement sure. is. And then if you're happy with my work, you shouldn't have a problem with mm. paying me 30 next time around because you liked how our relationship was. It was smooth. I was easy to work with. I, I fulfilled all the obligations and maybe even did something extra for you. Mm. So now you're like, okay, that's worth 30 See, there we go. We're having negotiations here. Uh-huh. Listen, you know what? Let's take a quick break, okay? Angela Yee's here. The return of <laughs> Angela Yee. Yee. Yee got her own date. Listen, can you get out of parking tickets now? No. No? As a matter of fact, I have one I owe right now. I just got an email about it because I forgot to pay you it. You better fucking pay it. Internet, don't go nowhere. We're sitting here with the one and only, Angela Yee. Be right back. Cheer. Yep, Charlamagne the God here. The Prime Minister of pissing people off, the ruler rubbing you the wrong way, the architect of aggravation. And right now I'm with my guy, my man Premium Pete. On the Premium Pete Show, okay? Internets, tune the fuck in. Peace. Internets, and we're back sitting here with my friend, Angela Yee. Listen, what's, uh, you know, one thing that I definitely wanted to know uh, that I don't think I asked you the last time, okay, is what's been uh, the best part of your journey so far? Uh, Making money. 
Like, because you know what? For so long, Why do you for say real. That? Money? Well, making money. Because okay. it's not like just having money, but it's making money. And I say that just because for so long, I was always so broke and not able to do things I wanted to do. And also worry, like, I would always be the type of person that worried about what's going to happen when it's time for me to retire. Will I be able to? Sure. So that's why I say that's been good for me because it gives you more of a peace of mind. Like, not like I'm rich or anything, but now at least I feel like I have myself in a situation where my credit cards are all paid. I have a house. You know, I own three houses in Detroit that I'm working on. Like, I have investments going on. And I've always been concerned because my parents were never good with money. So it's something that always would weigh on me. Like, Oh, my God. And like when I worked at Sirius, I made so little money. I was like, will I ever be able to retire? Will I ever own a house? What's going to happen if I don't have a house? Will I have to work for the rest of my life and rent? And it was all things that really like I didn't know what was going to happen in the future. So it feels good to have made some smart decisions and to be able to make money. It's a blessing. But I know I work really, really hard for everything that I have. And I think sometimes also like... I don't want to just be in a position where I know people who are married or with somebody and that's why they have money because but when sure. that gets ta- that could get taken away from you. Like right now for me, I'm going to be happy just even being able to pay off the house that I live in and um know that I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like later on in life, if I decided I want to retire, I'm not going to be struggling and I want to have these investments that are making me money when I don't have to really work so hard for it all the time. So I work really, really hard right now still because I'm trying to get to that point. But I like to see the results. Like there's nothing that feels better than when you go really hard for something, work really hard, and then can see the fruits of what it is that you've done. Do you know when that, you know, it's funny that the way you explain that because it's like something that you can really understand and feel. Do you know when that moment was when, like it's funny because I think a lot of people feel that way. Damn, I have to work for the rest of my life. Damn, am I ever going to make enough money? Do you remember that exact moment when you felt like, holy shit, I'm, I'm where I wanted to be or I'm not have to worry as much? Do you remember that exact moment? I'm not where I want to be yet. And I still worry all the time about things. But I feel more comfortable knowing that, like, for instance, like I bought my house um, like four and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And so I always overpay on my mortgage, right? And I paid more than I paid for more than half my house already. So even though at first I had a thirty year mortgage, I refinanced it to a fifteen year. And if I keep paying the way that I have been, I'll be done paying it off in like four or five years. That's gonna feel great to me. Like when that happens, I think that's when I'll feel a lot more comfortable knowing that like you know, and I do have my savings. Like I said, I already got my, you know, my life insurance, I have my IRA, I have my four oh one K and I just feel, and I have money in my savings account. Mm-mm. I have Talk my about businesses. Money in, your, money in your cash app. Money in the bank. I got cash apps, you know. <laughs> but I mean, and really, I want to be able to do things for my parents sure. too. Like I really want to redo their house. So there's a lot of things I still want to do. You know, you remember when I bought my dad a sure. car? Yep, yep. Like just being able to do those things are so important to me. So I don't think I feel comfortable until I'm able to like really do the things the way that I want to do them. But right now, I feel like I'm in a good place, in a good position to make those things happen. But, you know, money can be so stressful. Like, when you have to think about finances and where am I going to be and what am I doing? Am I doing the right thing? You know, I, that's really stressful. And I know that I am always always have the ability to make more money. Sure. What's one thing you couldn't live without, if you think about it? Um, one thing I couldn't live without? <laughs> It's tough one. It's tough. I may have put you on the spot with that one. I know. What could I not live without? Um, 
It's like I could give a simple answer or I could give something extravagant. Like on the simple side of things, I can't live without lip gloss because my lips always feel dry. Mm. <laughs> like I can't go to sleep without putting like lip gloss on. Your lip gloss is of, popping. Or some type of Vaseline or something. I have to. There's no worse feeling than when my lips feel dry. Like I can't. I, ha- I go to sleep with Vaseline next to my bed just for that, not for nothing else, Pete. Okay, okay. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> no other reason. You know, here, here goes something that I think is real special. You know, uh, you have a segment called uh, Ask Ye. Mm-hmm. You know, well, uh, who does uh, Ye ask? You know, when it comes to certain things. I talk to my friends a lot, and I'm blessed that I have like really great friends that I can hit up, and anytime something happens, I can ask for their advice on things or sometimes just vent. I think I'm pretty good at being very logical and figuring things out for myself. But I tell you, like, being logical sometimes is also has its like negative aspects to it because I'm so logical. Mm. Like, I make decisions sometimes based really solely on what's logical rather than what I feel in my heart. Mm. Is it hard keeping your personal life personal? Um, is it hard? Mm, no. Like, here's the thing about me is that I don't go out and hide things. Like, you, if you know me or you see me out on a date, it's all good. But I don't, like, post things necessarily, you know? So that's just how I feel. Like, I feel like I don't want my boyfriend to have to deal with the shit that I have to deal with. Like, I don't want to post him and have him having to deal with people having things to say or like being annoying I'd rather just deal with that on my own like the hardest thing about people saying negative nasty things is knowing that like my mom's gonna see it my dad's gonna see it my boyfriend's gonna see it and be mad about it like they'll be more mad than I am sure sure we're both getting older mm-hmm. two things Thank you God. Have, two things you haven't done yet one have a kid mm-hmm. and the other is get married <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I got married, uh, you know, uh, it, it didn't work out, but God Aww. bless. But do you have a plan on or want to do those things? I definitely want to have a kid. I haven't tried to yet, but I did go see my doctor just to make sure I can, like, still. And she said everything's fine, but I should do it soon, as everybody will tell you. And I know, like, I've been talking to, like, the detox doctor, so when I'm ready, I'm going to do the detox. Actually, my best friend did a detox and ended up having twins mm. after she God did her damn. detox. Yeah, naturally, like, nothing. And so um, so I do feel like I take good care of myself, so I know that can happen you know, and I know it's not easy for a lot of women. Like having kids is not always going to happen, no matter what your age is. Sometimes it doesn't happen in the timing that you wanted to. But I feel like I've never tried to get pregnant. I've always tried to not get pregnant. Mm-hmm. I've always been really careful about that. Because why you don't want to, like you know, have it affect that your you know your career? Or? I think I just wasn't ready. Like yeah. I just wasn't ready to have a kid yet. And I also wanted to in my head like be married and have a kid. But now I don't feel like I need to be married. Marriage is not like on the top of my list of priorities. But if I had a kid, maybe it would be. But I think that's also a stereotype. Look, I just want to say this. Everything don't have to be perfect Mm -hmm. to be married. Everything don't have to be perfect to have a kid. I think people wait for the perfect time and and, and it never comes. Yeah, and I don't, listen, I don't mind like, I, I think that I'm glad I didn't have a kid earlier with some of the people I dated thank God true <laughs> but I mean I would have made it work you know but still like child support you wait this long and you're like well I might as well do it with somebody that I at least know is going to be a great dad yeah you know be in my child's life be good to me that I don't have to and as a woman you also have to think just in case he turns out to be a bum 
Can I handle this on my own if need be? Because mm. I do think that's something that is so important. And so now I'm in a space where I feel like I could handle it on my own if I had to. You know, nobody wants to, but can I? Yes. Mm. You know, uh, th- th- this one is for people who uh, may know you or, mm-hmm. or may not know you. You know, but more importantly, I think when we say who is Angela Yee, you know, and when we say that, you know, obviously we know you're a businesswoman, entrepreneur, you know, radio personality. But, you know, you know, who is she? I would say who is well, who's yourself at, at your core? You know, without those things, who is Angela Yee? I'm a nerd. Okay. <laughs> like, I love to read books. I love to write. I like to watch documentaries. So definitely I'm a nerd. Um, I'm also like... A little OCD. If you come to my house, I'm always like, my house is a mess. And people are like, where? But I'm always like cleaning up, straightening up. Like when I go home, even tonight, I've been out all day since 4 o'clock this morning, right? I woke up at 4 o'clock. And by the time I get home, it'll probably be like, you know, 10 o'clock. And I have to get up again in the morning. But I'll probably go home and clean up some tonight. And Mm. like, just because I can't help it. Like, I'm always trying to put things in order. I'm also, just like you see on Ask Yee, the person that everyone goes to for advice. And I've always been like that. Like, since I was young, all my friends, I'm the one that they come to. And like, what do you think about this? What should I do about this? Can you help me with this? Because I'm definitely, like, always a solution-based person. I'm always... The one that's not negative and focused on the problem, I'm always like, this happened, now how can we solve this problem? And I tell everyone to do that. Like, instead of focusing on what's wrong, let's focus on how can we make things right. You know, something that's powerful with your ASCII, it's crazy, and especially your presence, you know, socially and, and, you know, like... Over the years, you know, from being a divorced father, separated father, you know, um, I have people hit me all the time. And, you know, the crazy thing is over the years, I, I've been the person that, like, uh, you know, would get on the phone with, like, somebody would, like, write this crazy thing. And I'm like, you know what? I don't even have the time to write back. I didn't tell them this, but I was like, give me a number. And they would give me their number. And I'm like, you're free for a call. And I would call them. And they were like, this is crazy. You right. know what I mean? But, you know, and not saying, that, you know, like, who the hell am I? But to them, you know. It's a big deal. And I would t- be like, look, this is what you need to do. Hang in there. Don't worry about it. You'll be able to see your kid. Go to court. Uh, figure this out. Try not to worry. Don't argue with her. Like, shit, I, I've done that. And even with depression. Because for a while, you know, every, all of us go through depression. I would say that. And I would have people email me like, yo, I feel like dying. I'm like, well, I'm like, holy shit. I have I'm some like, of these emails right now that so I was just So that's why at. I'm asking mm-hmm. you because I know you get some of the craziest. I get a lot. How, 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 how do you deal with them? You know, sometimes if things feel like it's severe, I definitely have call people, hit them up. And I have a therapist that... I am cool with that will actually step in when it's something that I feel like is above me even trying to just handle. And he's definitely been great. Shout out to Dr. Kendall Jasper. But he's a clinical psychologist and he owns he owns these different um, facilities as well. So he will definitely like get on the phone, talk to people, work through it with them. And it makes me feel good to know that I have a professional on standby that is willing to actually put himself out there and just make these phone calls. He'll give like people homework to do to help them get back on the path. And I always check up just to make sure things are going okay. But you know, if I can step in, sometimes it's enough for you to, I remember one woman called me and I still follow her on Instagram. Her brother got killed and she was like, I'm going to do something stupid. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to hurt somebody. I'm going to kill myself. And I really, it had just happened. And so we had, I called her, we were having conversations, she has kids, and we talked about that. And we talked about, sometimes people just need to vent to somebody that's outside of their circle of people. And then even just being able to hear me on the radio and feel like someone cares enough who doesn't even know them, you know, to 
actually take time out to call them is enough for them. And, you know, great. thankfully, she's, like, doing great now. And this was, like, over a year ago. But I just, you know, one woman, she was being um, abused by her child's father. And he was beating her pretty bad. She sent me pictures. And I told her she has to get out. And she has to go file a police report and do all of those. And she did it. And she actually moved out, got her own place and everything, and she's so much happier now. Mm, mm. Sad, sad. You know, I also seen some funny ones. Uh, (laughs) I remember one that said that the dude said that he is uh, in the house living with his baby mama. And I think, like he said, his uh, baby mother's sister lives downstairs, that he would go downstairs, pipe her. Oh, God. And he says, then he would go upstairs and pipe uh, his baby mother. He said he knows it's wrong, he says, but the baby mama's sister, yo, this is the exact words. It's coming. It was a post you put up. The dude said that the baby mother's sister could uh, could suck a, a, a gumball out of a straw or right. something like that. I don't know if you remember this one, but this shit was, a, I was dying <laughs> when I seen that. No, listen, guys have real life things that like guys are stupid and they will come up with an excuse for anything. Like they can justify anything. They'll be like, well, you know, I know this is wrong, but that's not a justification for anything. Mm. Yo, I got to find this one second. I got to find this to make sure I tell you it's the right one. Hold (laughs) on one second. You should see some of the other ones I get or even some of the people that call into the show. And like, but I do want to stress for people like a lot of times people know the answers to their questions. They just want to hope that you'll, like, tell them they're doing the right thing or whatever, or they just want to just say it. You know what I'm saying? But you know what you're not supposed to be doing. You know you're not supposed to be banging your sister's... It's, it's, your it's, it's, no, nah, it's crazy. I, I mean, look, but, you know, I, I do I do um, admire that, you know, you, uh, you know, take it above and beyond when people ask for... Because that's the thing. People think social media sometimes is a joke. Some people are really serious you know, what they're going through. Right. You know, when was the last time you were speechless? Um, last time I was speechless? Huh. I don't know. I don't think I'm ever really speechless. A lot of times I have a lot of things I want to say in my head, but I hold my tongue and I don't do it. Mm. So I don't think that's the same as being speechless, as more, you know, more so that's me just being uh, too cautious. Because I really do think so hard sometimes about, like, Life, sometimes things we say is like a game of chess. Like, if I say this, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen. And I really, like, overthink things. So sometimes if I'm feeling like I'm about to go ham, I'll just be quiet. Mm. And that's how I really, like, control what I think and say. I'll count to ten backwards in my head and then just be quiet because I'm like, I'm about to say something crazy and I don't want to put that out there because I don't know how it's going to affect this, 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 and that. Breathe. Yeah. Breathe. I think about that. I think about Angela. Don't be mad in this moment. Don't let anybody take you out of character. I, I feel like I, you know I've I started to learn that over the years. That's that's how you lose a lot of opportunities too mm-hmm. when you when you when you come off right you know come off the hip. You got to think about something for a second. You got to think bigger picture. Sure, always. exactly. I always think bigger picture. Exactly, exactly. You know, uh, your schedule is so crazy, and we spoke about it before. Do you ever cook? Yeah, I do cook. Uh, not as much as I want to, but you know what? So I've been trying to um, be healthier, even okay. more healthy now. So I already don't eat red meat. I don't eat seafood. I don't eat pork, right? I've never eaten seafood. I haven't had pork since I was like eight, and I haven't had red meat in about 25 years. Holy shit. So the only thing I still eat is poultry. So what I'm trying to do now is only eat it three times a week. Why don't you eat seafood? Because, you know, truthfully, because my mom doesn't eat it, so I didn't grow up eating it. So she never made it or got it for us because she doesn't eat it. And so because of that, I've just never liked it. And I'm a, such a picky eater. Like, 
There's a lot of things I don't eat. Like I don't like broccoli. What's your go-to? What's your go-to? I don't go-to like mushrooms. Dish? What's your go-to dish? Oh my gosh, to make? I love to cook in my wok. And I cook everything in my wok. So I'll <laughs> chop up like whatever vegetables I feel like having and then ginger and um cook everything in my wok. And so that's my main thing. Like it used to be chicken and um red peppers and green peppers and corn and all of that stuff and ginger and I'll put it all in the wok and you know, do it like that. And quinoa but now i'm trying not to eat chicken as much so i just do like vegetables in the wok you know you spoke about mom you know um you know not uh eating seafood like if you had to think back what would you say like was one of your fondest uh, child memories one of my fondest child memories <laughs> see i have a lot of negative ones of things that i did because i was bad as hell mm. you're I was, a bad girl from brooklyn i was so bad you don't even understand like 15 years old stole my parents car crashed it twice because i never drove before and I really, like, drove from South Orange to West Orange and then crashed twice and then put the car back in the garage and didn't say anything. Mm. I was just talking about, like, my 21st birthday at my parents' house and the huge fight broke out and the cops came. It was a disaster. Somebody, like, uh, jumped through the glass window by the door and it was, a, like, a craziness. Like, I know my parents were so over me. That's another reason I'm scared to have kids because I was so bad when I was growing up. But my fondest childhood memory... I would have to say, um, man, I was so damn bad. I remember one day I smoked a whole pack of cigarettes when I was like eight years old. (laughs) Outside the Sears parking lot in Brooklyn, we sat there, uh, me and my friend that lived across the street from me, we sat there and and, and smoked a whole pack of cigarettes. I don't know why I did that. I never smoked a cigarette again after that. Never again? Never again. What about weed? It was disgusting. do Do you like weed? I don't smoke that much. Okay. Like, I might do it every now and then, like, every, like, couple of months. But I'm never the person that's like, I got to get some weed. Like, maybe I'll do it if I'm around other people who are smoking and I give into a little peer pressure. And you know when I did smoke weed, for real? When I first bought my house. I had this, like, vision in my head of me sitting in my own backyard smoking weed. <laughs> so I would do it just because the idea of it was, like, I'm in my own house and I would just get to smoke weed in my backyard and read a book. And so I did it for a little while, and then I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, you, you think about eight years uh Breakfast Club, um, you know, and working every day with Envy and, and Charlemagne, and all views have flourished. It's funny because if you think about it, all views have you started early in the podcast game. Mm-hmm. Um, shouts to loudspeakers. You know, um, all views uh, are flourishing in your own way. You know, uh, you with your you know, entrepreneurial with your businesses, um, Envy too. Um, show me i mean basically really like live living your best life mm-hmm. if you think about it you know um you know what do you see you know when you step away from this what do you see that legacy to be the breakfast club uh the breakfast club legacy yeah. i just want us to have had some interviews that are timeless and classic which i think we already have some pretty classic interviews and i want people to feel like years from now they'll look at those things and like study them in classes and things like that. I think that's so dope. Like, there's so many radio personalities that I grew up and that I still look at and, like, love them and admire them so much. And I hope that it inspires other people to want to do radio. I hope that, you know, young girls that are coming up in the game can be like, I want to do radio because I really like Angela Yee and, I, you know, I want to do what she did. You know what's special seeing you? You know, you obviously have become a, a veteran. But uh, looking, you know, seeing you with Angie Martinez. Oh, yeah. That's and it's funny because <laughs> it's funny because it's like, you know, 
you know, there's such a, a level there, you know what I mean? Of mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know, maybe I look at it like this is like a big sister almost. You I know, still, what I she get has starstruck yeah. still. Like, I'll be starstruck. Sometimes I'll be like, look at me, here with Angie Martinez. <laughs> like, I'll go up to the studio sometimes and she's there and she'll be like, come here, Angie. And I'm like, oh shit, look, Angie Martinez <laughs> knows me. It's still something that's weird to me, you know? I mean, look, you know, especially that we're from New York. You right. know what I mean? Especially, I mean, Angie forever has done so much. I mean, her her legacy will forever be re- remembered in her contributions. But being from New York, I mean, Angie Martinez, man, I mean, it's like uh, she's voice in New York, you know? It just makes me wish I would have gotten into radio even earlier. And I will say, like, when Angie Martinez was on Hot 97 and we were on Power, she always was still nice to me. Mm. You know, I know, like, a lot of people over there weren't that nice to me, but she always was still, like you know, pretty cool to me. And she didn't know me like that. You know, it's funny too. It's like, uh, like a year ago, whatever, maybe at least that I sat down with Ebro and I was telling him like, yo, is this uh, radio beef really a thing? And he was telling me like, yes and no, but he was, cause I was asking him, you know, it's funny if people go back and listen, I was like, you know, they used to never mention breakfast club. They used to never mention the names either. And now they do. And I asked him why, you know, I, I, I got to show you this. It's, it's, it's a while. It's from, it's about a year ago. And he was just saying at the at the time it was probably strategic. Like he he wanted the listeners to think of like who the hell they were talking about. But everybody knew who who you were talking about. You know, it's almost like I tell people, you know, and I don't ever see Breakfast Club do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't ever see them. Uh, you know, strategically not mention a name. Well, or throw <laughs> any shots. Like, do you believe in such thing as? And not only Hot ninety seven. I don't mean this to them. You believe in radio beef? Like, do you believe this? I personally don't have any beef with anybody over radio, but I do feel like. Aside from anything, no matter who you are or what you do, if you talk shitty about me or treat me shitty, don't try to, in real life, come to me behind the scenes and be cool with me. Like, just, we ain't got to be cool at all. So that's just how I feel. And I don't have beef with anybody over what I do for a living because at the end of the day, you know you're applying for jobs at other places and you can end up anywhere. So all of that is corny to me. Like, it's so corny. I've never been that person. Like, we could still speak, say hi, say what's up. If you was cool, but because you weren't cool, now I don't do that, you know? And it's not even anything that I feel like I've ever put that energy out there. It's just energy that's been directed toward me as being a casualty of a situation. Like, how are you mad at somebody that works somewhere else and you don't own the station? Sure. You know what I'm saying? And, like, just little things that they would do that I would hear about would be, like, just whack to me, you know? Yeah. And but it's a small world. I mean, don't you see people like especially from Hot Nights, don't you see them out when you're out? Like, you know what I mean? It's like it's a small world we live in. Yeah, and I just just like I don't know people in the party, I don't talk to them either. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if I don't know somebody, I'm not going to talk and like seriously, if I don't fuck with you, I'm not going to pretend I'm I fuck with you and come up and speak to you. I just keep it moving. It's crazy when you think about that. I, I tell people all the time, I remember like, you know, being in footwear. I remember like I being at Adidas yeah, party. Footwear beef? No, I mean, there is footwear beef. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm dead serious. Brand beef. Um, and this is years ago. This right. is even before Adidas's resurgence. I was flown out to a, uh, an unveiling of Adidas shoe um, in L.A. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll never forget when I was out in L.A., I, I got hit up on Twitter and a DM from a kid I knew. And he's like, damn, premium pizza out in L.A.? He's like, uh, he's like, yo, I'm, you know, he worked for Jordan Brand, uh, and he's like, I want to pull up on you, but you had this all the Adidas guys. I'm like, yo, this shit's not cripping blood. Like, what are you talking about? But I do understand, like, not going to an event from a competing brand. Okay. Not that you can't be cool with the person, but you know, the fact that y'all were cool and he hit you up, 
but he can't go. I understand that because for your job, it just looks bad. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, if you're working with Duce, you're not going to go to a Hennessy dinner. Yeah. So you're saying, you know, if, if you take a picture on on Instagram with Ebro and all them, it'll look kind of weird. I wouldn't do that, though. <laughs> I wouldn't. But, yo, you know, I'm, yeah, I, I got to... It's funny, I never brought this up to you, even on or off air, because even, like, they mentioned that the... They, he, the Hotline 7 tried to sign Charlemagne. I don't know if you ever heard that rumor, too. Uh, yeah, I remember when that happened. I mean, of course, you know, they wanted to have talks and everything. But I think people use that as leverage. Just sure, like you might sure, be like, sure. hey, they talk to me. Not Listen, at the end of the day, are you going to go somewhere where you're on one station? Or are you going to stay where you're on 90 stations and you have a weekend show and you're on Revolt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, it's it's been amazing. So it might be nice to like have that talk so that you can go back to your boss and be like, hey, this person's talking to me. This person's talking to me. Time to negotiate. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's listen, a strategy. Send some uh, press juice drinkers drinks over to the hot night. <laughs> when, when when you drop the brand, I want to play. You know, you, you spoke about timeless uh, interviews, mm-hmm. timeless moments on the Breakfast Club. Run down some of your favorite. Um. Okay. Of course, Jay Z. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm um, Ray J. That's always going to be a timeless mm-hmm. classic interview for us. Birdman. Even we talked about the Ray minutes. J when he called in. You know, from Vegas. Yeah, from Vegas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Birdman, obviously. <clears throat> yes, the Birdman one. That was the briefest interview, but it was pretty timeless too. Legendary. Um, I mean, there's so many interviews on there that I enjoy. Like, I love Two Chains. So when we've had him on, I always like that. Um, I think people will always like the Kodak Black interview where he came on with, yeah, the, with the mask, mask on. Yeah. You know, that was good. <laughs> there are a lot of things are memeable. There's some interviews that, like, I wouldn't say that they were timeless, but they had a lot of memes. Like, the Little Mama interview had a lot of memes, but sure. I hate that interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when she was crying. Yes, I hated that. They blamed Charlemagne for that. I mean, truthfully, he was not very nice to her at yeah. all. Like, period. But I'll say, like, before she came in, I was like, listen... Charlamagne's gonna try to make jokes, da 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 da. She was like, "Nah, I got this. I could take it. I'm gonna come right, but don't even worry about me." And then it just, it wasn't nice. Yeah, you know. So who else cried on there? I feel like someone cried on there that for a good reason or whatever. Not a good reason, but <laughs> but meaning like it wasn't like, damn. I feel like someone cried on there. Just recently, right? I don't know. I feel like there was a. I mean, look, the, the, in, there is a, a, a lot of good. Uh, I feel like people. It, it's in their. It's in their rotation. It's amazing digitally too. Like it's amazing mm-hmm. how digitally. Like the Damon Dash interview. I think people will always like. Yeah, I got you know? cookies. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, him cookies. and Envy going back and forth. Yeah. I was just like, I didn't even. I'm gonna be honest that day. I didn't even really want to do that interview. I just knew it wasn't gonna go well. Sure. You know, so. Now, are, is there, you know, obviously so many people, even Ed, Ed uh, what's his name, Ed Sharon? Mm-hmm. So many people have come to sit down. Is there somebody that hasn't sat down yet that you, that you. Uh, oh, like Rihanna. Yeah. I would love that. But why? Why hasn't she come yet? I don't know. Maybe when she has a project coming out, she will. I don't think she does a lot of radio like that. You know, um, Drake's never been there. Mm. <laughs> I know, but I'm surprised that he's never been there. Are either. you really? Yeah, I am. I know he he don't get along with Charlemagne, but then then they made up, then they make believe made up, and you know you know Drake is. I, I'm surprised. I mean, he doesn't do a lot of radio now. You know, he has his own show. Yeah, yeah but I'm saying know. even early then, like you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. I remember when he just came came up. He was he he came and seen me when for some sneakers back before he went on Flex uh, to do the freestyle, and he right. he was honored to be on New York radio. Right. Yeah. No. I'm I surprised mean, he didn't get him at that time. For him, he probably doesn't feel like he needs it. Well, now. 
Right now, I mean, you doesn't. know, you know what's crazy about Breakfast Club? It's almost like become like a, a crossover. And what I mean by that is, uh, like other like you know actors and other people from. It's not just hip hop. That's right. the thing. Like, and what I like is that whoever these publicists or even the people, they're letting them know like this is a platform you That's need to be on. That's not always true. A lot of times it's us doing it. Really? Yeah. I see. So there you go. See, I don't know. like Kevin Hart will like hit us directly and be like, "I'm going to come on this day," and they won't even the you know the publicists for the movies or whatever won't even put us on the schedule. Mm-hmm. But he'll be like, yo, I'm going to be in New York. Can you fit me in? At this? Of course we can fit you in. Yeah, you know? sure. And a lot of times they, they don't feel like it's valuable because I think people have an old school way of thinking. Um, but then, you know, sometimes these publicists are surprised when they see the numbers that it does. You know what's great to me? Like the fact that you can see the results immediately. A, a woman, I was in Philly talking on this women in media panel and a woman was came up to me and she told me that she called the breakfast club one morning and she plugged her book like just you know she was calling up just to shout out and, and tell them why you mad tell them why you blessed sure sure and she said it, it shot up to like the top of the list oh man yeah on amazon just because she shouted it out and people heard it on the breakfast club you know you, that's dope to me no that's that's special that, that just means how important the platform is do you think um kanye will come back up uh, again I mean yeah, him and best. him and Charlemagne uh, besties. besties now. You Listen, know? Charlemagne bigs up Kanye West every chance he gets, and Ever since. part of that, yes, is you know I'm sure yes, but I'm sure like for Charlemagne he feels like I'd rather just go on my own and go talk to him. He don't need to come to the Breakfast Club. Yeah, I feel like uh, he's calmed down a lot too. Like meaning like he's always been very honest. He's very witty. He's a very funny, very talented. Uh, but I feel like he's calmed down a little bit. Like Kanye? No, uh, oh, Charlamagne. I was like, what? No, Charlamagne, I feel like he's... I think the climate of what's happening right now has people nervous. Like, yeah. you know, some of the jokes that you thought were cool before might feel inappropriate now because people are really paying attention, you know, to certain things with what's going on, with women feeling more powerful and being able to speak out and just everybody's on eggshells. So I think a lot of things that he used to do and say, he has to rethink. Some things I think are like corny, though, not versus women, meaning like even like with Kevin Hart uh, and that, uh, not Kevin Hart, uh, Cat Williams and that radio he was on with that. Uh, Wanda. Yeah, Wanda. Like if that's true, like a husband, like, come on, man, if you if you want to mm-hmm. play, you, you got to be willing to play, too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like people can't take like jokes, not jokes, meaning like can't like if you, you understand if you're going to come at somebody, not in disrespectful way, but if you're right. going to come at and and bust on someone, someone could bust on you and keep it on the radio. And that was a big vibe moment for them but you know I understand for on Wanda's behalf like she probably felt like none of the guys in the room came to my defense or tried to say anything at all and this is like our our space and I get that feeling but it's not enough for me when to shoot somebody but you know they said that's not what happened I don't know what happened so I can't say that that's necessarily what happened but um yeah that was a, a tough situation you know, it was yeah. tough. As we wind this episode down, you know, uh, you, your journey has been special. It's honestly fully just beginning too. But when you think about it, uh, you know, ha- have you ever doubted yourself uh, over the years? I, you know, are, are you somebody that, you know, uh, is just confident with what you're doing or sometimes you doubt yourself? I've always doubted myself when I first started radio especially because I didn't know if this was going to work out for me. But I've always been confident in knowing that I could do something else if this didn't work out. Like even to this day, if something happened and I wasn't doing radio anymore, 
I feel pretty strongly that I know that I'll get money doing something else and it'll be still good money because Mm. I definitely have always made sure that I've dabbled in different things. Like I have a background in marketing, you know, I can write pretty well. I could, if I wanted to do a book deal today, I could do a book deal because when's the book happen? Come on. Um, I was just talking about some, I have some crazy stories. A lot of it is me feeling like, I don't know if I'm ready to tell some of those stories because it involves other people too. You know, so I think about things like that. And, um, but yeah, I'll probably do it pretty soon. I think it's important. Mm-hmm. I know? do too. I do too. Yeah. It's going to be like probably more ASCII type of book. You know, you touched on it a little bit, but, you know, uh, young girl listening, you know, uh, even, even guy, because there's a lot of guys that um, admire you. And I don't mean, uh, you know. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sure they're probably like, yeah, right. she's pretty and beautiful, but, you know, I'm sure that the, you know, guys are inspired. They're listening. They want to get into radio. They want to be an entrepreneur. They want to, I don't know what the fuck they want to do, but they're Mm -hmm. confused because it happens. Right, right. What's some advice you have for them? Research. Just make sure that you set yourself up so that you have the greatest chance possible of succeeding. I think a lot of times we want to do things, but we don't do the necessary research to do them. Like if you want to open a business, then make sure you go to your uh, small business services that's in your local um, city. And see what resources are available to you. Take whatever classes you need to take. Take whatever, Get whatever certifications that you might need. Figure out, is this a great location? See what's going on in that area. All of those things are really important for you to be able to successfully start a business. It's not just saying, I want to start a business. Let me do it. A lot of times we want to ask people for money. But... You don't even know what it is that you're doing yet. Sometimes people will be like, oh, I just need some money to start a business. You haven't even done the research or put together a proposal or anything to show what it is that this business is going to be and why it's going to succeed and what makes you different from anybody else and why this model will work. I think it's so important for us to make sure. And there's so many free resources available where you can actually learn how to do those things. So I think that's important. Um, I also think it's important to not do things alone. Mm. Ask people for help. Get a mentor. If somebody has a different skill than you do, let's just say, like for my press juice business, I am great at marketing and PR, but my partners know how to do all the technical aspects of getting the juices made and all of those things. So now we balance each other out in how we bring something different to the business. So instead of me saying, I want to do this, let me figure out how to do it alone and put the whole burden on myself, let me team up with somebody that has a different skill set than I do so we can come together and make it happen. You know, you, you know, it when you think about um, envy and Charlemagne, I think I may have asked you this before uh, last time, but you know, sometimes you work with them every day, you don't get a chance to uh, honestly say what they mean to you. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they're annoying. Maybe you love them. But <laughs> maybe I'm, both. B- but I, yeah, probably. <laughs> but but honestly, sometimes we don't get a chance to do this until honestly someone dies. Mm-hmm. Like it's weird how people will be on Instagram, like right. yo, uh, you know, I had so much love for you. Yeah. What does each of them, like, what do, what do they mean to you, honestly? Like, and, you know, however you feel. I mean, those are, for real, like, my brothers. Like, sometimes they get on my nerves. But I know if I need anything, I could always tell them that I need something and that they'll have my back in it. And just like they know that I have their back as well. Um, you know, obviously, Envy and I have a business together. Charlamagne and I have done things, like, before we even started radio. I just think about our really super-duper humble beginnings of us building something together that people didn't think would happen. And I think what really always bonds us together is the fact that people want to see us fail. And so we know that we have so much work to do to make sure that doesn't happen. And I think for all three of us, we're also all like 
humble enough to know that we have to still work hard and that we have a lot more left to do. Sure. Sure. Listen, you know, uh, internets, check out Angela on Instagram and Twitter, Angela, Y-E-E, Ye. That's the best name for a jersey, Y-E-E. It's simple. It's you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it is. It's great in the Bay Area. Yeah. Oh, really? Ye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lip service podcast. Mm-hmm. When's that drop? Every Friday. Every Friday. Okay. Yeah. You know, they got Wale, uh, you know, uh, very uh, sentimental. It was a beautiful episode. I fucked with it. Yeah. They got a lot of people up there, but more importantly, on the morning, uh, every morning on Breakfast Club. And doing more on entrepreneurial. Listen, I do want to say, uh, you know, I wanted to have you back uh, because so many things that I was proud to see, you know, like Angela Yee Day and you to continue to do entrepreneurial stuff and and just be someone I feel that is, uh, you know, I always felt this. And I told you this before, but somebody that I feel like has a big heart, um, you know, and and more importantly, uh, you know, a great role model. I think I said this. Remember I told you about my yeah, daughter? Yeah, I got to meet your daughter yeah, yeah. a couple of times. So that was really sweet and special. Yeah, because I, I think I actually I said that in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. I said if my daughter if my daughter looks up to her and is, is, is half of which I'd be happy and proud. Oh, she'll be even better. No, no, for sure. Because she will be. She will be. People could try to smear you. You know, and people could just say, but you ain't out there like that. You know what I mean? They don't. They it's don't fine. have. And I tell you, like the only reason certain things don't bother me is because I know it's not true. So yeah. I just be like, "Oh God, this is so crazy." But I'm like, "All right." I mean, what can you do? Yeah. Internet's the one and only Angela Yee. Peace. Internet's. If you enjoyed that episode, I want you to email me at thepremiumpeachshow at gmail dot com. Again, that's email is thepremiumpeachshow at gmail dot com. Let me know what you thought. And listen, all my advertisers out there. All my big businesses, my small businesses, whoever, a friend, a store, you want to advertise on the Premium Pete Show? Email me at thepremiumpeatshow at gmail.com and let's get working, okay? Make sure you subscribe, rate, leave a comment on all streaming platforms and podcasts. Tell a friend to tell a friend and we'll see you next episode. Cheer. 